Good morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ, and good morning to those in the world that are not of Christ. It's been quite a few weeks since I last did one of these, I think over a month at least. Um, the Lord has blessed me so massively. It just, it's been incredible, really. I've been so busy with a few things, and one of them was moving from a flat, which I had a house in pretty much, to a new house. Uh, I think I mentioned this. And the Lord has greatly blessed me. And I felt the Spirit say to me, you deserve it, Steve, because of your ministry, what you've done for me. And it's been really good. I mean, if you could see from the moment I got the house and where the house is, it's social housing, which is like a council house. And normally you get houses like this on estates and there can be troublemakers and lots of noise and this and that. This house is a rarity. And people can't believe I've got this house where it is. It's basically on a private estate and it's what they call a buyback. So this housing landlord built the estate and sold it privately and then they bought this house back and I've just got a really peaceful street, it's amazing. The house itself is really nice, I just put a brand new kitchen inside it, I've got a garage, I've got a nice garden, you know, and these things are not what I ask for in prayer, I ask the Lord for in prayer, I said, Lord please, I just want somewhere peaceful, I want my neighbours to be quite somewhat decent and peaceful and respectable. You know, um, and that was the biggest thing on my mind. And he's basically in the back of my mind. I had, you know, a garage, a garden, all these things, right? <laughs> and I've got the whole package. It's amazing. Um, and God knows what you need before you need it, right? So all the things he, you know you need, he already knows that. And he knows you need other things. So, and they will come to you in good time. They will come to you when it's his time, not your time. A lot of people seem to think, well, if I pray for it now, it's going to happen next week. Not necessarily, right? So, for example, I need a new pair of trainers, right? They've worn out. I've worn them long enough, right? I know for a fact the Lord is going to provide me a pair of trainers maybe tomorrow, or it could be next week, or it could be the week after. But I can still walk on them. They are a bit uncomfortable, but I can still walk on them, right? So, if I had no trainers and someone stole them, you can guarantee you bring them just around the corner, right? It's as simple as that. So he knows what you need. And when people say, well, if I pray about this and pray about that, I'll get this and get that. No, you won't. You'll get what you need, not necessarily what you want. So, for example, use me again. I love motorbikes, right? And the, the Lord told me over a year ago, two years ago, you won't be having one. Why is that? Because of the danger element. It's a danger to my ministry, or rather his ministry, because of my effectiveness in evangelism, which is what I've been called to do. And I'm here to serve him now. I'm not here to serve myself. So when we give our lives to the Lord, John 3, 5, and we're baptized in water, it's not just a public thing. You are physically taking yourself to water, right? And you are publicly dying to your old self and a new person's coming up to serve the Lord. Now, let's say, for example, I'm just talking about me there. Let's say, for example, you're a hell's angel rider in America, which has been many testimonies. These guys, one guy died on an operating table. The Lord sent him back and he's got a pastor now. And he pastors a lot of, hell's angel people that have repented of their sins and become born again so if your ministry means that you've got to jump on a bike and tour the country or that's your mode of transport the lord will provide that same as a bicycle but for me i don't need that i've got a car that's um good enough very practical motor um and uh, reliable and so on i don't need a bike i need a i just want a bike for my own leisure and the spirit has said to me countless times steve does it prosper the flesh or does it prosper the spirit? And in other words, what the Lord is saying, it's prospering your flesh. It's not prospering me or your spirit, Steve. You know, the danger element is you potentially get seriously injured and hurt, and Satan would love that. 
right? But also, I know that me being the old me, the old man that lives in me, when I used to have bikes in the world before I was born again, right, I used to break the speed limit all the time. I'm talking, you know, sitting at 70 miles an hour on a bike in traffic, no thanks, I'll be doing at least 100, 120 miles an hour in kilometers, that's 115 kilometers per hour, you know, so I'd rather not. It is great fun, you know, and it's got the flexibility of fitting through small gaps when you're filtering through traffic and, you know, overtaking slow drivers because that's something that really does irritate me. You're in a 60 mile an hour limit and someone's doing 40, you know, I want to do the limit, you know, and if you can't make that speed, and this is what I've said to people before in the street, so look, if you're driving and you can't meet that speed, then perhaps you shouldn't be driving. Because the law says you are to hit that speed. If you're doing 50, it's fine. But if you're doing 30, 40, and 60, you can actually be done for that. Because it is a technically breaking the law. Um, like I said, you shouldn't be in that. shouldn't be potentially driving anyway. So it's been amazing, really, how the Lord has blessed me greatly. And he has. And it's because I've earned it. Not that I'm looking for it, but I've done it. And that's what the Spirit told me. You know, when you belong to him, when you actually do belong to him, and most don't. When you belong to him and you serve him, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow him daily, submit totally to everything he says in the Bible, which most don't. Most people don't accept all of it. Therefore, why would God bless you? Because you're being rebellious. You're not trusting him. He's not going to bless you. I've met so many so-called Christians, so many so-called children of God, and they're, they're just not blessed. They've got problems in their life, health issues. They've got this, they've got that. And sometimes God keeps you in that because of disciplining you or for trials and strengthening your walk with him. But a lot of the time I see it's people that I've, I've met people going, well, I've been, I've been saying this prayer for so long and never answered it. And I'm thinking, well, then perhaps there's something wrong with you. Perhaps you haven't surrendered totally to God. And that one situation was this person um, basically would not surrender a certain thing. And I said, well, there you go. Why would God meet your demands when you're not prepared to meet his? Right, He's the Father. You say that you came to him, you opened up your heart, you repented of your sin, you trusted him fully, you surrender everything to him and let him take over. But if that's the case, then you'll be rewarded. But it's like going back over history. If you look at a king, <clears throat> kings had servants. And if the king said do something, you'd do it. Because if you didn't, well, you'd be disciplined. If you kept not doing it, your head would come off. So, you know, the Lord is making it very clear. You're his ambassador, you're his servant. Either do what he says or don't. The thing is, he won't invade your free will, but at the same time, he won't answer your prayers either. You know, so it's not about your conditions. If you, I've met people as well that have had a list of conditions and you're coming to him, he's just going to laugh at you. Go and read Proverbs 1. Trust me, it's probably one of the best Proverbs that you can read. And it talks about at the beginning where God says, initially he's trying to guide you and help you and support you, do this, do that. The second part of it, because it's like three parts in Proverbs 1, chapter 1. The first part is he, he's trying to encourage you. The second part, he begins to warn you, right? And the third part, he says things like, I will laugh at your calamity. In other words, I will laugh when your destruction comes. This is the person who's walked away from the faith. This is the person who's completely disobedient, right? He will laugh at you, but no one preaches that today. Same God. God became flesh in the New Testament. Proverbs is a fantastic book. And people say, well, we're on the New Testament now, not the old. No. The old and the new are the same book, right? The old is the build up to the new, right? Jesus did not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. So the law is still there. It's in us. And if we love him, we keep it in us. When we make a mistake, we come to the Lord's attention and we repent of it. We don't go and sacrifice a lamb anymore. 
etc etc so when people say we're not under law well technically no we're not under law in the sacrificial system or the torah law but we still have the law around us because jesus is the law he fulfilled it but people don't read scripture that's half the problem people just listen to what they want to listen to and especially all this rubbish on tv honestly the amount of stuff people say oh you should watch this you should read that i will not the lord has said to me in the spirit you will not read that you will not listen to that it's rubbish what can they teach me the lord can't i'm very spiritually aware i've always had a very close relationship with the lord spiritually um he speaks to me audibly i've had visions and dreams i don't need to listen to someone's opinion about something right <clears throat> now you might think well that's arrogant no it's not I'm completely devoted to my Lord. And so far, for the last nearly six years now, the Lord has taken care of everything. So one, one wise person would say that I'm guided. They would say, hang on a sec, this guy is actually guided. You know, you listen to what I'm saying to you. Why would I need to hear your opinion? Listen, don't get me wrong. I listen to people if we're one-on-one -on -one in person, right? There's a guy called Jacob Prash. Many of you might have heard of him. He's a really good preacher. He's from Israel. Um, so, and sorry if I get this right. No, his parents were from Israel. His mum was. I can't remember. He grew up in New York. He now lives in the UK with his wife. Now, he's a really, really direct preacher. And I mean direct. Talks a lot about prophecy, end time stuff. Right? And he is very close to the Lord. And sometimes I do listen to one of his sermons. But then I would rather listen to the Lord in the spirit. Sometimes I can sit there and just listen to the Lord. The Lord talks to me about stuff, you know, or tells me to go somewhere. And he speaks through me to someone like the other day. It was amazing, this woman who I met. And I've been working with her slowly over the period of about two years now. And she says, Steve, when you walk in the room, I just feel this presence. And I said, yeah, that's the, because I'm a temple of the living God. You know, that feeling you can feel is God trying to reach out to you. Um, she's very slowly walking. She's not a Christian yet, but I hope the Lord grabs hold of her. Um, there's also a guy there who's a transgender, and it's very awkward, and she calls him Sarah. I will refuse to call him Sarah. I will not call him Sarah, because that's not his name. I think his name's Ian, um, but I've not called him anything. I'll just I'll make conversation if he wants to listen. Um, he just blatantly ignores me half the time, which is fine, because he's so lost. But the Spirit of God is convicting. I found people. There was a guy called Smith Wigglesworth. Maybe some of you have heard of him not. He's a 1800s preacher, 19, early 1900s, I think. And he walked onto a train once and he sat down. Anyway, he went off, got to a toilet. He came back and all these people said, who are you? Who are you? You convict us. So it wasn't him convicting. It's the spirit of the living God inside him, convicting them of their sin. And I have the same effect. I can walk into a room and people just look at me strangely. Yeah, because they're being convicted. The spirit of the living God is in me. He's convicting you of your sin. Repent, repent, repent. So if you're a man of God, right, this will happen. Now, I've got to be careful here because the reason why I'm doing this um, podcast this morning, this podcast is going to be called Dreams, right? And I've had a lot of intense dreams recently. So all the following segments after this will be the dreams I have that I'm sharing with you, right? So, for example, I, I met a lad down, a lad, a boy down the market about a year ago. And the Lord brought him to me. I preached the gospel to him. And I've been working with him. And he said to me yesterday, he said, Steve, I can't believe you told me two things would happen and they've come to pass. Right? And I went, wow, well, tell people that. Don't tell them that who I am because I don't want a legacy. But you know this guy who told you this and that and it's happened. So I told everyone that Russia would invade Ukraine six months ago. I, I told them how it would happen, how you, uh, Ukraine would be taken over, and it's gone and happened on TV. 
right? I don't claim to be a prophet, but trust me, I get a lot of stuff that is prophecy and it all comes to pass. COVID-19, everything came to pass. The Lord showed me. And I think the Lord is just sort of like saying to me, Steve, get out there because more I'm going to show you. You know, and like uh, she said to me, so what do you think will happen finally with Ukraine? I said, I guarantee that not only is Russia going to take these two key parts of Ukraine, but they're going to overthrow the government in Kiev. They're going to establish a new government and keep that country neutral um, or more like on the Russian side because they don't want Ukraine joining NATO. Everyone seems to think it's Russia's fault. And the Lord has shown me it's not. NATO has become a bunch of bullies. They've broken their own terms and conditions from the 80s with Maggie Thatcher. They weren't supposed to push by on a certain point. They've gone and broken that for the last six months. They keep pushing Russia, pushing, 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 bullying Russia. And now Putin's had enough. The people in my country are thick. I'm just going to say that straight. Most people in the West are thick, right? They all think there's one side to a coin or there's no smoke without fire, right? There's always smoke with fire and there's always two sides to a coin. Right. And people are not looking at the bigger picture. And if you call yourself a Christian, you say that to yourself. Yet there's always two sides. I don't know the full story, so I'm not going to make comments. You know, Sainsbury's in the UK have now changed from chicken Kiev to chicken somewhere else. Right. And they're going to donate all this money to these poor civilians. All right. The civilians are the ones that always lose out. But also the Ukrainians haven't been doing nice things to the Russians. They don't talk about this. The reason why they're going after Russia is because Russia is a threat to the world. And the Lord has shown me that um, Russia and Poland and countries like that will be heavily blessed. Why? Because they've gone against all the Muslims. They've gone against all this gay movement, right? Where the UK, America, most parts of Europe are embracing the LGBTQT, whatever you want to call it, lesbian, gay, transgender movement, right? I can never get that word right because I'm not interested. Um, they've embraced it, the West. So God's cursing the West massively. I mean, the law's been cursing the West since the 50s. The UK has been under judgment since the 50s because of what the UK did with the Jews after the war. The UK um, betrayed the Jews. I've mentioned this before and I won't go over it again. But the UK is under judgment and it's going to get worse. So is America now with Biden. You know? I won't, don't want to get into that too much. But what I want to focus on <clears throat> is this dream I had. And I had it last night. And it's actually a reflection of what's going on today. So in my ministry, I'll come up a lot against men who say that women can preach and teach to men. So I say to people then, well, back it with scripture and they can't. There's no examples in the Old and New Testament where God permitted a woman to teach men or preach them or take control. Jesus never did it. None of the apostles did it. So women normally revert back to Deborah in the book of Judges. Now, Deborah, and let's get this straight, was a judge over Israel as a curse. She was brought in to embarrass the men. She was brought in to take control of the men because of their wickedness. But it's not a blessing. It was a judgment. It's an embarrassment. In the beginning, God made man first in his image. Then woman was made from woman. Sorry, woman was made from man, from Adam's rib, which is very important spiritually. Now, she was made to help him, to care for him, to support him, to love him. That's it. Not to take control, not to preach, not to lead at the front, like you see everywhere today, women in charge in front of men, right? Little things like this are important, right? I'm not asking a woman to be 10 feet behind a man either. What I'm saying is the man is not taking charge. This is part of God's curse. But that doesn't give the right for women to step up and take charge. When I hear people say, well, if uh, men won't step up, God will raise up a woman. Uh, no, he won't. Show me in scripture where it says that. They can't back it up. Everything I do in my ministry, I've got to back up with scripture. That's how we fought it. And that's how we roll in our ministries. So we're not stepping out of line. 
you've got to understand this, right? Because if you can, if you allow that to happen in a church where women take charge and preach and teach men, then you've got to allow everything else. This is how Satan gets in. And I've seen it. There's so many apostate churches out there now. I've been to one recently. And, you know, the guy that's been brought in, he's not a pastor. He's an evangelist. But he is a very powerful evangelist. And he's got a great message to say. And the Lord uses him. But before and after the service of him preaching, I don't agree with it. It's very Americanized. It's like, yeah, man. He's like, say amen. And all this stuff. And I don't like it. It's like being in some, when I was there, I'm thinking, we're in some massive hall in the community center. And people are just out of control. This isn't respect. Most of you don't know what fearing the Lord is. And when you do fear him and respect him, you do not want to cross him. Right? All this crap that Jesus run around with roses on his head, kissing everyone. You know, it's all about love. No, it's not. Read the New Testament. Tell me where it says it's all about love. When you come to Jesus, he's got conditions. You must believe that he is Lord and Savior in your life. Number one, you must repent of all your sins. Number two. You must deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. That's five. Right? There's so many conditions that he has. And most of you don't want to accept that. That's fine. But you will never get to heaven. You will go to hell, end up in the lake of fire because of the hardness of your hearts. You're not prepared to surrender. All you care about is yourself. Now, I'm very straight and people don't like it. Tough. But I've had a woman prophesy into my life when I first got saved at this pastor. And she said to me, Steve, the Lord's showing me you're going to be like a two-edged sword. You're going to cut straight through people with the word of God. Trust me, when I say things to some people, not all, some people I'm really gentle with. It depends on the person. You know, like the Lord has said, when you come across homosexual, Steve, you've got to be very gentle. And I am very gentle with them. I tell them that God loves them, that God created them in his image. He loves them. But what they do is an abomination. It's a perversion. And then I explain why that is. And if they want to live in that, then they will go to hell. Now, I've mentioned before that when I was in the world, I was sexually attracted to women. And I've ha I have had sex with men. And at the beginning stage, when I first got saved, when I first got saved, sorry, when I first was born to the age of, say, I don't know, 21, it was only women. The idea of a man being next to me made me feel sick. It was in my mid-20s when relationships were going wrong. And then the perversion of the enemy came in via porn that I started to get curious. And many of you will relate to this. So even though I was involved, so not I wasn't heavily involved in it, but I engaged once or twice and I knew it was wrong engaging it. And it was like, most of you understand that when you're in that much sin, it's like you kind of soar off the spirit. The spirit is kind of like your conscience and your spirit is completely sort of like, I don't know, what's the best word to use? Um, rejected or just thrown away. That's the best word I'm trying to find. That you just don't realise you have one anymore. You're like, your conscience and your, your principles go out the window. And then I felt like, I remember year, two years before I come to Jesus, I remember like finding myself, I rolled off this woman after having sex. And I said to myself, is that it? I felt so empty and dead. I literally sat, sat in my bed thinking, I feel like a zombie. There's nothing in me. And I was dead. You're literally dead to the world. You are a zombie. You, you're not. You're just. You're just a curse. You're. You're completely, pretty wretched, right? God, in His mercy, came for me. God came to me, got me, and sent me to His Son. John six four four. Jesus said, "No one comes to me unless the Father sends them first. So the Father's got to send you first, right? Because He can see it. Want you seeing you wanting to change, right? So you want to change. 
He sees that, he sends you a son, you must accept him as Lord and Saviour. You repent of your sins. There's loads of conditions there. If you don't meet the conditions, you're not going to heaven. Jesus did not come on this earth to meet your conditions. You must realise that. That you are a sinner, that you have done things that are so abominable, you deserve to be destroyed. Right? But God in his mercy sent his son to suffer on the cross. Picture that, a man being pinned on the cross. Before that, he's been ripped to pieces by cat and nine tails by the Romans. Spat at, laughed at, mocked at. And when I start talking like this, I start getting upset. Because he died for me. And he died for you. People need to realise that. Someone was murdered for you. And you're parading around. This is what I say to these so-called Christians. They're living in sin. They've got one foot in the world. One, I met one recently. One foot in the world. One foot in Christ. She's 80 years old. Right? I stayed with her for three weeks. Right? Or a couple for three weeks. Not once in them three weeks did she offer me a hot meal. I had to buy my own food, which is fine. But the Bible makes it very clear about Christians, about sowing hospitality in Titus, in Romans, especially towards the women. Women are to show, women are to serve the men and to show hospitality, right? It was disgraceful. Now, I appreciate being in that house, but it was an experience for me to learn, right? How some people walk with the Lord and trust me, the Lord said to me in the spirit, how they treat the least of one of my brothers is how they treat me. So on Judgment Day, she's in a lot of trouble if she doesn't repent. And I'm sure the Lord is going to convict her. Anyway, so you've got to understand something, right? We're walking with the Lord. If you're not walking with him and changing in sanctification, you're thinking, and this might take people 10, 15, 20 years. It might take some other people six months. If you're not changing, free will, the Lord can't help you. You will die and you will not go to heaven. I said to the Lord, I do not want to see one religious person or anyone down here with their attitude in heaven. And the Spirit said to me, no, you won't. Trust me, the people are already there now, right? <clears throat> They're all my brothers and sisters, and they are true children of God. And that's who's going to be in the New Jerusalem at the end in Revelation. Anyway, so I'm just going to focus now on this dream. So I had this dream, and in this dream... From what I remember, I remember seeing my half-brother who's lost in the world. And we were in this building, and I remember we were doing something in this building, and I think it was a building full of Catholic people. And the Catholics were saying, or sorry, it wasn't Catholics, but it was like a religious order like the Catholics. And they were emphasising that women can be teachers and teach men. Now, the Catholic Church don't permit women to be teachers, leaders, or anything like that. That's probably one thing good about them, that they will not allow women to be preachers and teachers and so on. It's only a man's role, which is biblical, totally biblical. Um, they can be singers, women can sing, they can prophesy, they can heal if that's been given to them as a ministry, you know, but it's got to be done in reference, it's got to be done in order, and in churches today they don't have any order, and a lot of people, I bet they read the book of Leviticus, you need to read it, because it shows you about God's tabernacle and how holy, and how he needs things to be, this is a reflection of how churches should be, but they don't care, because it's all about love, let's run around kissing everyone, and woo, well I'll tell you this, when people worship me, they go woo, like this and like they're in some sort of stadium. That really angers me. I just want to say to them, would you shut up? Because we're not in a stadium. We're in a house of God here. What? Honestly, you won't be doing that in heaven. I guarantee it. You will not be doing that in front of my Lord. So anyway, in this dream, my half-brother's there. And they were trying to convince him to submit to this, this idea that women can teach him and do this and do that. And I said, no, you won't. 
and I kept fighting them, but spiritually fighting them, you know, and it's basically a reflection of our churches today that women are stepping up doing the man's roles and men's are not doing anything. And people say, well, if men won't do it, then God will raise a woman. No, he won't. Show me an example in the Bible where he's done that. There is none. And the women that are in there that are serving Christ, if you look at all the women that served Jesus, they were supporting him. They were loving him. They were taking care of him. They were washing his feet. They were washing his clothes. They are making food. They were doing all the admin. They were doing their roles as a woman. They weren't teaching him. They weren't preaching to him, right? You know, the, the Samaritan woman, when Jesus said, go tell people what I've done for you and what I've said to you, right? He's not told her to preach. People say, yeah, well, he told her, go and say this and preach to them. No, he didn't. He said, go and tell them what I've just told you and done for you, right? And she would have gone, guess what, guys? Guess what? I've just met this guy at the lake and he's just done this and done that. Well, she's not preaching. She's passing on a message, isn't she? But this is how the devil gets in. And I'll tell you this now, I warn you people who listen to this, right? If you twist and add scripture or take away, go and read Revelations 22, verse 18 and 19, about those who add and subtract from the word of God. Because I'll tell you now, he will add disease to you and he will rub your name out of the Lamb's Book of Life if you, don't, if you do these things. You've got to be careful. I'll tell you now. As a woman, do your roles. As a man, do your roles. And trust me, I'll go up against both. And I get tired of it when I see men acting like soy boys. Today, it's like all the men are like soy boys. Not all of them, I'll say at least 90% of men I meet are like soy boys. Now, the word soy boy means someone who lacks masculine qualities. Actually, they've been doing this since the 50s. They've been, point, putting, fruit, um, they've been putting ingredients in the food supply for men to raise their estrogen levels and lower the testosterone levels. They did a test where they took tests for men in the, I think it's the 50s, um, between the 50s and say the 80s, um, the testosterone levels were say 150, right? Um, and women were like, I don't know, 100 in estrogen. And then they did it recently and the testosterone, the testosterone levels have gone down to 70, but the women are 75. So basically, it's a man's testosterone they've dropped. They want to get rid of the masculine man. They want to get rid of the powerful alpha male men, these men that take charge. It's probably why the Lord has said to me, Steve, you need to just eat whole foods, raw meat, meat, whole foods, egg, unpasteurized milk. It builds testosterone in your body. You're a man. That's what God made us to be. Men to be men, women to be women. I'll be honest, the women I see today are not attractive at all. There's something about them. They've lost that decorum. They've lost that way about them, that woman side of them. I met one woman. She was so attractive. She was married. And I told her what a beautiful woman she was. Very woman-like, very lady-like. She spoke properly. She acted properly. The women today, they talk like the men. They act like the men. They swear and curse like the men. They think like the men. I don't see how that's attractive to me. Not at all. I find a lot of foreign women I'm very attracted to. Russian women, very attractive because they like women right? Um, a lot of Eastern European women, you know, even Arab women, just a beautiful, beautiful women. They think like women, they act like women. That's why God made them the opposite of us. But in modern society today in the West, the women are acting like the men, the men are acting like the women. Well, you're, you're basically turning God's creation on its head, aren't you? And that's what they've done. That's what the devil's done. He's poisoned the food supply, the water supply, the air supply. People say, oh, you conspiracy theorists. No, this is a fact. Look at it. We're the only country in the UK UK is the only country in Europe that sticks fluoride in the water. Why would you put fluoride in when it's poison? I'll tell you why. Because it destroys a man's testosterone. It destroys a woman's ovaries. Oh, it's good for your teeth. No, it's not. It's bad for your teeth. 
They used to use this during the Second World War to poison people, the Germans. Right? There's other ways to get fluoride in your, in your food, man. You don't need to put poison inside the water. They do it to clean the pipes, maintenance-free business, but also to poison you. But that's why men are like they are. Trust me, I know a lot of old-school men in the 80s and 90s, and trust me, they're old-school, right? And you can see it, that generation, what an honour it would have been to be around them. The men today in my age, I'm 38 and younger, you look at them, they're just like soy boys. You could say, well, you're judging them. No, I'm not judging them. It's a fact. You look at them. Just look at them, the way they look, right? The way they talk. I was in a shop the other day, an artisan bread shop, and these two boys, they're probably about 21, right? He spoke like a girl, like a squeaky little camp voice. He started looking. You can see the features. They start looking like women. You're thinking, hang on a second here. God didn't make men like that. He wants men to be men. He wants women to be women. Anyway, I can go on and on and on about it. But these, this podcast is going to be the dreams I've had, right? So from this one, I'll just talk about the dream I've had that night. Um, and like I said, this dream has just gone vaguely from what I remember, that basically we're in this church. They are forcing their opinions to be a certain way. This is the system that we're going down. Uh, women will teach men, you'll do this, you'll do that. And I was like, no, you won't. You'll do what God tells you to do. And you can't, this is the bottom line, guys. This is what I say to you. If God has called you to do something, then you've got to back it with scripture. And you don't take it out of context. Remember Revelations 22, verse 18 and 19. You add and subtract, that will happen to you, guaranteed. Right? Because it's all about God. It's not about you, it's about him. And I need you to focus on that. All right. I've spoke about a lot of things in this podcast because it's been well, over, I reckon, four weeks, five weeks since I last done it. Maybe longer than that because I've been busy with the Lord and he's been blessing me because of my ministry and so on. Um, and it's an absolute blessing to be in his presence, you know. And I really want you to encourage all of you just to listen to my podcast because it's not about me. You know, someone said, well, Steve, it sounds like you're talking about you and boasting about you. No, never. Everything is about Jesus in my podcast. And I, you can't deny that. Every time I point you to Jesus, he has conditions that need to be met. You need to follow him. He says in Luke 9, 23, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. In other words, he's saying, shut your mouth and listen to me. Deny what you want and follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me. Do what he tells you to do. You start doing what you want, he'll just push you to one side and say, get on with it. And I've seen people fall flat on their face, going around in circles, because they're not listening. You're not here to serve yourself, you're here to serve him. You know, Jesus said, he who gives up his life for me will have it in eternal life. But he who keeps his life will lose it. In other words, what he's saying is, if you you give up everything here for him, you'll have it tenfold in heaven, in eternity. But he who keeps his life here, all the things here, all the things of the world, when you die, you won't have nothing in heaven. You won't even be there. Listen to what he's saying. This is the problem of most of you. You don't listen to Jesus. He's your chief commander, not the pastor in the church, not me, right? My job is to point you to him. You do what Jesus tells you to do, right? And if you take scripture out of context, you won't be blessed. God will not raise up women to take charge of men, right? There's no scripture to back that up. That will contradict Genesis um, 2 and 3 all the way through to Revelation. Tough. You don't like it? I don't want to hear it. It's the end of it. These people are not following God who are rebellious and take scripture out of context. You're following the devil. And I've met plenty of people speaking from the devil. And the Lord has sent me in to speak to these people, to convict them, to warn them about those who take scripture out of context. I met one guy the Lord sent me into, right, to warn him that he's been putting someone into bondage. 
I'm not going to go into too much detail, but trust me, the Lord warned him and said, what comes out your mouth is from the devil's tongue. You have been warned, pal. And if he continues, he will go to hell. That's how severe this gets. So please, I implore all of you to listen to the word. Read the New Testament first, then read the Old. And keep reading. That's the only book you need is the Bible. You don't need all these books in the world of all people's opinions because it's just their opinion. And how do you know they're not in line with scripture? They could be led by the devil. There's so many crap movies, so many rubbish videos on YouTube of people talking, 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 right? Most of these people are not even walking right with the Lord anyway. You know, one thing I will say about the Calvinists, like John MacArthur, he was probably one of the only Americans in America that actually stuck by God during the pandemic and kept his churches open, right? Not many others did that. And I'm always saying Calvinists are very unspiritual people. They are. But the truth is they did more than half the spiritual people I know. You know, there's another one guy called Paul Washer in America. He stood on stage and said, most of you in this audience will go to hell because of the hardness of your hearts. Remember what Jesus said, the path that leads unto life and few will ever find it. Matthew 7 verse 14. Just read that. Listen to what Jesus is saying. The path that leads unto life and few will ever find it. In other words, not many are getting in, mate, right? To me, that's like one foot in front of the other, and there's a 20-meter 20 20 gap between you and the one in front, if not a 100-meter gap. That's how many people are going to get into heaven. Because too many of you are obsessed with your own needs and your so-called ministries that are apparently yours. They're not. They're his. It's all about Jesus, right? Right, don't forget that. And I think most of you need to realize that. Listen to what the scriptures I'm saying to you. Matthew 7, 14. Listen to what God is telling you. And some of you will believe that billions are getting to heaven. No, they're not. <clears throat> anyway, my brothers and sisters, I want to pray. And I want you to please shut your eyes and listen to the Lord speak to you. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, Father of this message. But Lord, I have spoken from my heart today. That today, Lord... You have brought us to your ministry. That, Lord, it's all about you and your glory. It's not about us anymore. That, Lord, when we came to you, we died to ourselves. We were born again, if they are born again, Lord. <clears throat> I pray, Father, that those people who have risen in you, that will serve you and will honor you and glorify your name in the ministries that you have called them to. Ephesians 4.11. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, please, Father, Reach out to these people to convict them to do the right thing in you, to honor you and glorify your name, not to glorify their names, to submit to you fully in everything, Father. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, for your name to be glorified throughout the nations in the world, that we are to humble ourselves, submit and pray on our knees before you, to show submission to you that you are the one true living God, that we honour and glorify you. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, Father. God bless you all. Amen. Bye-bye. Good morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ, and good morning to those in the world that are not of Christ. So, I mentioned in my first segment of this lot, that every time I get a dream that I think is relevant, I will put on here for you to listen to. Some people may say, your well, dreams are not important. Well, I've had 17 visions and I've had about 10 dreams, sorry, six or seven dreams from God. 
since I've been saved. And dreams are very important because God can communicate you through to you via dreams. The spirit God can at any time. And make sure it's the right spirit, obviously, because if it's the wrong spirit, like demonic, telling you what you want to hear or, you know, telling you something worrying. Well, just remember something. If you ever come out of a dream and you're worried, worried, just get into prayer and bring it to the Lord's attention, right? And he'll clear everything up either through a brother or sister or himself in the spirit or through visions and so on. It's just important. Dreams that people say are not important, well, they can be because they can be brought to you either via the good spirit, the Holy Spirit, or they can be brought to you via bad spirits. So we just need to remember that. So the reason why I mentioned this one is because I feel that, you know, that you all need to know this, that, and then you should know this, if you are led by the Spirit, if you are born again, and most say they are, and the most are actually not, if you are born again, you'll know this, what I'm saying is true, that in our walk, we're going to be very lonely, right? And a lot of your family members, friends in the world, a lot of people are going to reject you and laugh at you and not want to know you, they won't invite you to dinners they won't invite you anywhere because you are the crazy christian and you know jesus is um jesus is not the only way you know there's Allah, there's buddha there's hindu there's not ephesians 4 5 there's one faith one lord one god and when you go around proclaiming that and you when people say oh yeah praise god i've met a buddhist woman and i've said to her praise god in front of her and she said yes indeed praise god right but in her mindset god is buddha right so the next time i saw her I said to her, "Praise Jesus," and the look I got, right? They don't. They want. They don't want to accept that God became flesh, especially in a male form. Women can Women just can't deal with that. A lot of women can't. Well, it's tough because God, man was made first in God's image, and then woman was made later on from Adam's rib. So these things are in context, and you have to accept that. If you don't, well, you're not following Jesus. That's it. So. When you look at scripture in context, it's important when you do that because it's extremely important. I remember I was with someone the other day and basically this person, um, I might as well tell you the whole story really. Um, the Lord brought me someone who's got a son who's demonically possessed and I mean possessed. The stuff that he's doing in his house or in her house rather as the mother, you know, you, you just couldn't make this stuff up. It's something out of the Poltergeist movie or the exorcist and the lord has given me a gift to remove that and people some people say well we've all got that gift well that's not true even though jesus said in luke ten eighteen that i give you authority over principalities and over the evil spirits don't rejoice in that rejoice that your name is in heaven what jesus is referring to is that yes you have that authority in your life over the enemy to stop tempting you, to stop leading you down the wrong path, to stop trying to harass you and basically rebuke him in the name of Jesus. That's the authority that Jesus is talking about. But when when it comes to demon removal, that's a gift. Just like healing is a gift. You can't just think you have it because this other person that brought me to her, you know, he he does he's not a Christian. I mean, we had a bit of an argument the other night because of his self-centeredness. He because it's his friend, he wanted me to submit to his thinking in her situation. And I'm thinking, no, I don't submit to no man on this earth. I only submit to Jesus. I've been called to help this woman. And if the Lord comes out and says it blatantly straight to her, which obviously she's never had, and all the prayers that she's had before the Lord has brought to my attention has fallen on deaf ears. The prayers in the church never got listened to by God because they're out of context. 
you know that his prayers mean nothing and he's not even a christian and he made that clear the other night so i won't be seeing him anymore because of his behavior but anyway this woman i really wanted to help but i couldn't and it was sad really he just he kind of because i didn't know where she lived i didn't have her contact number i'm trying to find her email now to try and help her to send her a message saying that i can help her and her son but she has to want to change and a lot of things got brought to me that week in the spirit about this woman I've never met. And when I was sitting there praying after this conversation, me and him had, you know, and basically she's, she says she loves Jesus. She says she runs around, she belongs to Jesus. But in one of her pictures, I saw her, she's very dark and her son's possessed. Now, for someone who's supposed to be born again, that he claims that she is, well, she wouldn't be going through all of this business. If you are born again, you will know it in the spirit it is very intense you will know this is how the spiritual guider because he lives inside you but if you're a dirty vessel a wicked vessel that's not been baptized in water which is essential and that's actually a commandment of jesus in john 3 5 guess what no spirit is inside you and anyone can wear the t-shirt i'm a christian i'm this i'm that yeah well good for you but guess what you don't you're not my brother or sister and you ain't gonna go to heaven you ain't going to know when the mark's coming along. I've met so many so-called believers that have ran and take the vaccine. Now, the Spirit told me in the dark, those who belong to me will not take it. So those who belong to God won't take it because they'll know not to take it. The ones who have taken it, they don't belong to God. And there are so many of them. Your faith is in Jesus. Anyway, I'm not getting into this. This is what I want to focus on is the dream. In my dream... I felt it's important to tell you that we are going to be extremely lonely in Christ. Jesus said this. He came to, he will separate a father from a son, a mother from a daughter. He will separate people from their friends. You'll have to give up massive sacrifices to be with him. And he actually says, he who gives up his life for me will have it in eternal life. But he who does not give up his life in this life will lose it. Listen to that scripture. Very clear stuff. Matthew 10 and Matthew 16, Jesus says that. So go and read it. So in my dream, basically, I remember seeing my worldly family, my mother and my brother. And amongst the dream, I remember seeing my mother, she was busy doing something and I was there and all of a sudden she disappeared and then I thought, well, she's gone. She texted me this picture of flowers and I don't know what the flowers represent. But I was looking around for her thinking, well, why did she invite me to go with her? I want to go with her to the shops or wherever it was. But it wasn't the shops. It was like an open place. I remember seeing it. It was beautiful. It was like a beautiful white building with all the grass around. And So where's she gone? And I felt a bit lonely. And then when I turned to my right, I saw my brother sitting there at this table with all these people. Eating the food and there's a big cake in the middle. And, and I'm not invited. And the Spirit said to me, they don't want you there, Steve. You know, and then I woke up and then I'm sitting on this, meditating on this dream thinking, I know that's the cost of being a Christian. This is the cost of being a disciple of Jesus. And I wouldn't change a thing. This whole planet could reject me and laugh at me. And I would never give up or betray my Lord Jesus. And I'm telling any one of you now, you stand by Jesus no matter what happens to you. But if you turn your back on him and walk away, you're finished. Proverbs 28, sorry, 
Proverbs 28 verse 9 or Proverbs 29 verse 8. I can't remember which one. It, the Lord says, He who walks away from me and then prays is an abomination. So that person who turns their back on the faith, walks away and then hits hard times and they pray, God sees you as an abomination. Because you've betrayed him. You've turned away and then expected his help. He can't die for you two, three, four, five times. He can only die for you once. And once you walk away, that's it. You're done. Finished. You will go to hell. And you'll know it because the spirit's gone. It can't come back again. And remember what the Bible says, that that first demon that was cast out, seven more will come back in its place. Your life will be ten times, hundred times worse than it was before. Forever. So my brothers and sisters, you really need to stick by God. This path is a lonely path. It's going to be hard. And the Lord has warned me months ago, things are going to get very, very hard. Especially with the world economics right now. The people that are running these governments are not fit to run burger vans. But anyway, that's for another time. So I thought I'd share that with you. Because this path is a lonely path. And we are to walk it with Jesus. But the rewards to be with him. And I tell you this, guys. I want to be with him more than anything. I would go home right now. And that should be your first desire. To be with him now. Oh, praise the Lord. Okay, let's pray. Lord, thank you, Father, for this dream. That, Lord, I know this path before me is a lonely path. And yesterday, Father, when I was out and about doing your work, I know how lonely it is, Lord, that I won't be invited to anywhere. But I don't want to be invited, Lord, because I don't want to be around worldly people. I want to be around my own people. And even though they're scattered all around the world, Lord, they're yours and I'm yours. And I will honour and glorify you. And I pray for the people that listen to this, Lord, honour and glorify you first. And they don't even think about glorifying themselves because if they do, your Lord, they're not yours. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that your name is glorified above all names, Father. I love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. Bye. Good morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ, and good morning to those in the world that are not of Christ. You know, my first um, segment on this was very long, 37 minutes long, and it's too long should really keep it down to about 15 minutes max. Um, I said that I'll always share my dreams with you. Why? Because I'm a very spiritual man of God. I get, I've had a lot of visions. I've had a lot of dreams. I've had 17 visions. I've had about 8 to 9, well, over 10 dreams now. Um, probably more than that, actually. I've lost count. Um, and I want to share what I think is relevant for you. And what just came to me this morning, because this, this, when I woke up this morning, about an hour ago, um, I had a dream last night that was quite impressive, actually. And God was saying to me, wherever you are, Steve, I'll get you out. So in my dream, from what I can remember still, was I was in this land somewhere. And I think I saw like Filipino or Thai people around me. I don't know why, but they were around me. And basically, I was in some sort of trouble. They were my friends, but I was in some sort of trouble. And I needed to get out. And... It was like, it was almost like, if I remember correctly, it was like I was special forces or something like that. I don't know, I can't remember now, but it's very vivid. But what I do remember is I remember seeing that they put on this harness on my body with all these like clips on. And basically they were going to send this helicopter in, which was um, one of these uh, American U-Haul. If you type in Google, U-Haul, H-A-U-L, 
helicopters was the same helicopter used in Vietnam. It doesn't matter if it was Vietnam or not, but it's that American style type helicopter. And it was actually one of my favorite helicopters many, many, many years ago. And basically that was to come in and I was to be clipped on and pulled out. So like I'm drifting through the air. So not being pulled into the helicopter, but pulled up above the telephone lines, all the power lines, because I said to them, you know, I've got to watch out for these lines. Yep, you'll be above that. But I didn't want to go too high because I'm, I'm afraid of heights. I'm not, I mean, I'm not afraid of heights now because I'm in Jesus. I mean, if I was put on a jumbo jet and the door was opened, I'd just pray and Jesus would take that fear away, guaranteed 100%. But in the world, yeah, I, was, I, was, I wasn't too keen on heights. Even though I'm ex-forces, I still wasn't keen on it. And basically, there was a, someone else there, and I don't remember if it was a woman or a bloke, but they were latched on with me on this rope, and we were going up and going up. And basically, they would take me out and out and out and out and far away as possible. And then I woke up. And it's almost like the Lord has said to me, Steve, no matter what trouble you're in, no matter where you are, I will get you out. And I've had dreams like that before. Um, I remember seeing a vision when I first, when I woke up in about a couple of years after I got saved, I was in bed in my, one of my last houses. And I remember seeing the recycling bin and all the plastics going all over. And if you've listened to this on one of my other podcasts, you, 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 you will find it quite interesting. So basically, imagine this. I know the recycling people, um, binmen are coming today, right? I've not been out in the kitchen. I've just woke up. And in that waking up period, the Lord speaks to me. The moment I wake up, the moment being fully awake, is about a minute or so. He speaks to me about whatever. And I remember seeing the recycling bin being blown backwards and the plastic going everywhere. And I'm thinking... What was that about? I got up, looked out the window, and the bin was fine. But about 20 seconds later, the bin blew back backwards, and the plastics went everywhere, the same as in the vision. And I'm thinking, you just imagine that, you'd be thinking, what? Right? And I said, Father, I'm not picking up that plastic, no chance. And the Spirit said to me, yes, you are. And I went, no, I'm not. He said, get out there and pick it up. All right, you've got to stop the wind. I got out there, and the wind calmed right down. <laughs> it's amazing. And I got up there in my, in my shorts and my, my, uh, my flip-flops and I'm picking all this plastic up around the street. And the Lord said to me later on, Steve, when I tell you to move, you move. Right? In other words, when I warn you, get out of this now. It's like Jesus in the synagogue. God the Father told the God the Son, Jesus, when to move. You know, And he had to move when the Pharisees went to kill him when he was preaching stuff in the synagogue. So... It's pretty amazing, and I want you to focus on this, that when you get spoken to in a dream, even though how irrelevant you think that dream is, right? If you think, hmm, this is interesting, this is different, this is strange, I don't understand what it means, write it down, right? Write it down and speak to somebody, or even send me an email. I've got an email, you can send it to me, and I can try and give you the interpretation, because sometimes people have had visions, and I'm standing there listening to them, and the Lord has given me the interpretation, um, also the same with dreams as well and I could probably do that for you so my email is Steve Prentice S-T-E-V-E P-R-E-N-T-I-C-E 2021 at gmail.com let me just check that hang on yeah that is correct that's the right email that's Steve Prentice 2021 at gmail.com just send me any questions there I mean that's also for my ministry regarding any scripture but it's only for scripture. It can be for your visions, it can be for your dreams, but anything else, you'll just get blocked.
because it's all about Jesus. As far as I'm concerned, everything is about Jesus, right? And if you haven't got the same attitude as me, that everything is not about Jesus, right? Then I'm sorry you're not walking with him. It's like I said the other day on something else. Your heart's desire should be right now to be with him right now. And if there's any hesitation about that because of friends and family here, well, then you're not fully walking with him, right? I cannot wait to leave this earth. I, honestly, guys, that dream last night, I just want my heart to stop and go be with him. That's what I want. Imagine laying there in bed and the next thing you're in front of the Lord. You know, it's amazing. Sometimes I get like revelations of all sorts of things. I'm sitting there and the Lord is showing me, Steve, what's going to happen, you know? I've had dreams where, like a, not a daydream, not a, sorry, not a dream dream or not a vision, but like a revelation as I'm sitting there, like daydream in a sense. And he says, Steve, you know, I'm always going to be your shield. There was a guy at this market and I've, um, I've done a lot, quite a lot of work with vandalism down there. And that's what vandalists do. They preach the truth and they preach all the truth of God's love and wrath, which is both sides of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Look at John. Jesus is very direct at the end of the day. Jesus said, if those who do not believe in me are already condemned. And that's John 15, 14, I believe. Hang on. John 3, 18. Sorry, not John 15, 14. John 3, 18. Those who are, don't believe in me are already condemned. So I don't want to start preaching about this topic because I can go really deep into it. The main focus is the dreams, and I want you to remember that dreams are important as much as visions are and revelations. So Acts 2.17, Joel 2.28 talks about visions and dreams, and we've got to take scripture in context. A lot of people in this world, like for example the rapture, they take it completely out of context, and it's unbiblical a lot of what they say. They just take all these different, what Paul has said in different books, and what he says in Timothy, what he says here, what he says in Thessalonians, what he says in Revelation. You know, it's all taken out of context. You know, we are going to go through hard times. We are going to uh, go through a lot of suffering. A lot of people are in the world. Us Westerners don't understand what suffering is, but you're going to. You know, and it all teaches you strength. It teaches you perseverance. And those who are belong to Jesus will get through it. And those who don't, they'll turn their back and walk away and they're lost. It will separate the true from the false. But for some reason, we're all going to be raptured up. It's not unbiblical stuff. The new temple hasn't been built. The great falling away hasn't happened yet. So stop focusing on this day. When people say, oh, it's soon, it's soon, it's soon, I say, shut up. You don't know when that is. Don't take scripture out of context. Go to Thessalonians, to Thessalonians, and read what it says about the great falling away and the new temple has got to be built and the man of perdition has got to stand in the new temple. That's the Antichrist. Everyone, thousands and thousands and thousands, which are the great falling away, will say, this is the Christ, this is the Christ. But those who are born again will know it's not. Because if you're not born again, there's no spirit inside you, so you'll be deceived. Honestly. The crap that people come out with is just unbelievable. But then again, the Bible says people are stupid. Proverbs 12. That's the end of it. Read Proverbs 28 verse 9. He who turns away from me and prays is an abomination. So the basically the person who turns away from the faith and walks away and later on prays and asks for help is an abomination. Oh, he just... Anyway, I'm going to stop there. So that was the dream. And... 
I thought it was important because what it was saying to me was that God was saying to me, Steve, wherever you are, I'm going to get you out. I'm always there with you. And he gave me Psalms 61 and Psalms 3 a few months ago. It was pretty impressive. Anyway, so let me pray over this message. Lord, thank you all for my dream last night. That Father, it was very unique. And I love these dreams with you, Father, because sometimes in these dreams, Lord, I don't want to come, I just don't want to wake up. I just want to be with you in eternity forever. The feeling and the knowledge that, Lord, you told me over a year ago when I am coming home, which was four years from that point, which is now three years, just under three years now, Lord. I cannot wait, Father. And so many people, Lord, cannot accept I've been told that. But I can back it up. But more importantly, I don't really care what they think. But I'm going to be at home with you. You told Hezekiah that you'll have 15 years to his life. So why won't you tell me when I'm coming home? I am a man of God, a man that you have brought to the faith. A man who will not compromise on anything. A man who honours you and glorifies you and thinks about you first before anything and anyone. I want nothing for myself. That is a disciple of Christ. And I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that, Lord, I help these people who listen to this, point them to you, to listen to you, to submit to you and obey you. Because, Jesus, you said, those who love me will obey me. I love you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all.